What is the metaverse exactly? Have you ever felt? Are you listening? You're listening to the People in Tech podcast, a technology show that's made for the people. Join the conversation with your host, Caleb King. Hey, what's up, day one listeners, day one supporters? Welcome back to the podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be breaking down some, some of the questions you've been asking about the metaverse. What is it? What does it mean? When is it coming? What does meta even mean in this case? You guys know Facebook made the announcement. They're going to be rebranding. They are going from Facebook to a company now known as Meta. And Zuckerberg did a whole pitch, whole presentation about what he sees as the metaverse, the future, the way we interact, the way social engineering is going to be working, the way we use VR and AR. But some of you might have questions. I've had family. I've had friends. I've had people reach out to me, Caleb, what is a metaverse? What does it mean? And you guys know, if you know me personally, I love crypto, love NFTs, love finance, love investments, love tech. And I've actually had some people reach out to me. They're like, dude, should I buy meta stock? Like, what's going on? Is this like something that's going to come and blow up everything? Or is it, this, oh, is it a phase? Like, what is this? What does this all mean? So what I want to do in this episode, at least give you metaverse one-on-one. So that way, if you are trying to make career decisions, financial decisions, or maybe you just want to be informed, we got you. We got you covered. And all I ask is just make sure to leave a review for the podcast. Guys, we are trying to become the top tech podcast out there. And I'm not consumer tech. I'm not going to be sitting here trying to sell you crap every episode. I just want to give you knowledge so you can go do with it as you please. So enough with the intro. Let's get into it. What's up, day one listeners? You're rocking with the best DJ. The realest you're going to find. Woo! DJ Side Hustle. Make sure to check out and subscribe on our website and follow us on LinkedIn for exclusive content. Thank you, DJ Side Hustle, for always bringing the energy. I'm not going to lie. That kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> All right. Metaverse. So to hear tech CEOs like Zuckerberg, Nadalia talk about the metaverse is a future of the internet. Or is it the future of video games? Or maybe it's deeply uncomfortable worst version of Zoom? Really hard to say. To a certain extent, talking about what the metaverse means, it's, it's a bit like having a discussion about what the internet means in 1970. The building blocks of a new form of communication were in a process of being built, but no one could really know what the reality would look like. So while it's true at the time that the internet was coming, not every idea what it would look like is true. Now, on the other hand, there's also a lot of marketing hype wrapped up in this idea of metaverse, Facebook in particular, sorry, meta in particular, it's in a especially vulnerable place. After, after Apple's move, like, remember, like, this is business. This is all about money. Like, don't ever get it twisted. I'm a tech person, but money moves things. And when people start acting like it doesn't, then they're probably lying to you. But remember, Meta, aka Facebook, they were in an interesting spot. Because Apple moved to limit ad tracking, that just hit the company's bottom line. So it's impossible to separate Facebook vision of the future where everyone has a digital wardrobe to swipe through 
from the fact that Facebook really wants to make money selling virtual clothes. So with all that in mind, seriously, I know, you came to this episode, what does a metaverse mean? To help get a sense of how vague and complex the term metaverse can be, here's an exercise to try. Mentally replace the phrase, the metaverse, in a sentence with cyberspace. 90% of the time, the meaning won't substantially change. That's because the term doesn't really refer to any one specific type of technology. Rather, it's a broad shift in how we interact with technology. Let me say that one more time. It's a broad shift in how we interact with technology as a whole. It's entirely possible that the term itself will eventually become just as outdated, antiquated, even as specific technology it once described becomes commonplace. So broadly speaking here, the technology that make up the metaverse can include VR, aka virtual reality, characterized by persistent virtual worlds that continue to exist even when you're not playing, as well as augmented reality that combines aspects of digital and physical worlds. However, it doesn't require that those spaces be exclusively accessed via VR or AR. A virtual world like aspects of Fortnite can be accessed through PCs, consoles, phones, that could be metaversal. Oh, I like that word, metaversal. It can also translate to digital economy, where users can create, buy, sell goods. And a more idealistic vision of the metaverse is inoperable, allowing you to take virtual items like clothes, cars from one platform to another. So in the real world, you can buy a shirt. Let's say you buy it from PacSun, let's say you buy it from Nike, wherever, and then you can wear it to the movie theater. Right now, most platforms have virtual identities, avatars, inventories that are just tied to their platform. For all my Fortnite fans, all those skins you spend money on, you can't take that over to, you know, Spider-Man PS5. You can't take that over to Call of Duty. I mean, it's just only in one platform. Imagine if it was available across multiple platforms. Uh, but the metaverse might allow you to create a persona that you can take everywhere. And you can easily copy your profile picture from one social network to another. It's difficult to parse what this all means, to be honest with you guys, because when you hear descriptions like what I just mentioned above, uh, understandable response is, wait, doesn't that already exist, Caleb? World of Warcraft, for example? I mean, that's a persistent world where players can buy and sell goods. And look, Fortnite has a virtual experience like concerts and, you know, they they have different things out there kind of doing these things. You can shop on an Oculus headset and you be in your own personal virtual room. So is that really what the metaverse means? Just some kind of new video game? Well, day one listeners, as you can tell throughout this episode, yes and no. Saying that Fortnite is the metaverse would be a bit like saying Google's the internet. That's giving them way too much credit. And even if you could, theoretically, spend a large chunk of time in Fortnite socializing, buying things, learning, playing games, that doesn't necessarily mean it encompasses the entire scope of the metaverse. Now, devil's advocate, on the other hand, just as it would be accurate to say Google builds part of the internet, from physical data centers to security layers, 
it's similarly accurate to say Fortnite creator Epic Games is building parts of the metaverse. And it isn't the only company doing it. You're hearing a lot of these organizations step up. And when I think metaverse, you're, right now you're hearing tech giants. Microsoft, Facebook slash Meta, you know, the latter which recently rebranded, right? And the whole point of that rebranding is to let people know, like, we are all about this metaverse thing. Though we're still not quite used to the name. I still call Facebook Facebook. When you go on LinkedIn, it's still Facebook. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is many other assorted companies, NVIDIA, Unity, Roblox, Snapchat, or Snap, correction, all of these companies are trying to build an infrastructure that might become the metaverse. It's at a point that most discussions of what the metaverse entails really start to stall. We have a vague sense of what things currently exist that we could kind of call the metaverse. We know which companies are investing in the idea, but we still don't know what it is. Facebook, sorry, sorry, meta, still not getting that. I mean, they think it's going to include fake houses. They think you're going to be able to invite your friends over to hang out. They think, hey, working from home is going to change into working in the metaverse, working in this virtual world, having an avatar and talking to people. If you guys didn't see Facebook's presentation. However, if you go talk to people at Microsoft, they seem to think it's really all about the virtual meeting rooms to train new hires, to chat, to work with coworkers. But like, they're, they're like two different pictures of what I'm trying to say. Fa like Facebook, when it first came out, they were trying to say like metaverse is like a place you go to and have fun and it's going to change the way we interact with people. Microsoft is like looking at it like a business, like they've always looked at it. Like how do we take Zoom to the next level? And the pitches for these visions of the future range from optimistic to this outright fan fiction. Like people, how many people I heard mention metaverse and just tell you, oh, it's like ready, ready player one. Let me be honest with you, probably not in my lifetime, I hope, but not in my lifetime will we get to Ready Player One. And at one point during Meta's slash Facebook's presentation of the metaverse, the company showed a scenario in which a young woman is sitting on her couch, strolling through Instagram, when she sees a video of her friend posted of a concert that's happening halfway across the world. And I, when I saw that, I just thought to myself, well... Let me just say, the video cuts out to the concert where the woman appears in a Avengers-style hologram. She's able to make eye contact with her friend who's physically there. They're both able to hear the concert. They can see the floating text hovering over the stage. And look, when I saw the presentation, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It, it looked really cool. But it's not really advertising a real product. It's not even really advertising a possible future. In fact, it brings us to the biggest problem with the metaverse. Why does a metaverse involve holograms? So when the internet first arrived, it started with a series of technological innovations, like the ability to let computers talk to each other over the great distance or the ability to hyperlink from one web page to another. I mean, these technical features were, you know, these are the building blocks, right? These, uh, they were used to make abstract structures we know as the internet, for websites, apps, social networks, everything else that relies on those core elements. And that to say nothing of convergence of interface innovations that aren't strictly part of the internet, but are still 
necessary to make it work, such as displays, keyboards, mouse, touchscreens. So with the metaverse, there are some new building blocks in place, building blocks in place, like the ability to host hundreds of people in a single instance on a server. Ideally, future versions of the metaverse be able to handle thousands or even millions, but let's not even talk about that. That's another episode. Maybe motion tracking. Motion tracking tools that can distinguish where a person is, what they're looking at, where their hands are. Like, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the Oculus stuff where, like, yeah, you have the gloves, but it's funny because you got the floating hands and the floating bodies. And, you know, you're going to see rapid improvement across some of these technologies. However, there's always going to be limitations and they might be impossible to overcome. I really hate using the word impossible because I really want to believe everything is possible. Uh, but when tech companies like Microsoft or Meta show fictionalized videos of their vision of the future, they frequently tend to gloss over just how people will interact with the metaverse. Remember, it's all marketing and PR. It all wants to be shiny. VR headsets, if you guys have not tried a VR headset, they are still very clunky. And most people experience motion sickness, physical pain if they wear them too long. I don't even like the idea of having a screen to my face that close like I'm already on a computer and have like multiple screens and staring at them all day but like this like I'm not I don't have oculus and I don't plan on getting one anytime soon because what I'll tell you is most people I know who got them they end up throwing them away or they stop you not throwing them away they stop using them after like two or three months like you brag about it all the time and then like it just it drops off because the quote-unquote metaverse isn't there yet augmented reality glasses they kind of face a similar problem. I do lean more toward the augmented reality versus VR. But um, on top of the not insignificant issue of figuring out how people can wear them around public without looking like a huge dork, how do these how do these tech companies show off their idea of technology without showing the reality of bulky headsets, dorky, dorky glasses? Like there was an aspect kind of like when the cell phone came out where people are like, Dude, why are you carrying around this huge brick? And you're like, so you can make a call, just go to a payphone. And then, of course, the brick got a little bit smaller. Then it got thinner. Then it got bigger. Then it got thinner again, and so on and so forth. You know, unlike um, motion track digital avatars, you know, which are kind of janky right now, but could be better one day. There's some potential there. There's no janky version of making three-dimensional picture appear in midair without tightly controlled circumstances no matter what Tony Stark tells you. Perhaps these are meant to be interpreted as, I don't know, maybe images projected via glasses. Maybe both women and... Well, and again, guys, I'm just thinking back to the demo. Like, the demo video, people wearing similar glasses after all, and even that assumes a lot about the physical capabilities of compact glasses. Which, if you, if you follow Snapchat, like, look, they try to do spectacles. And in my opinion... It just wasn't this wasn't a success. They might argue differently, but that's just my opinion. But I just want to highlight like this kind of glossing over reality is frequently <laughs> present in video demos of how the metaverse could work. Another meta demo that I saw showed characters floating in space. So here's what I thought when I saw a person floating in space. Is this person strapped to like an immensive aerial rig or are they just sitting at their desk? You know, a person represented by a hologram, does this person have a headset on? And if so, is their face being scanned? And at points, a person grabs virtual items, 
but then hold those objects in what seem to be in their physical hands. And again, I'm, you see some of these metaverse demos and it just raises more questions. So on some level, this is fine because we're not going to have all the answers right now. And we might never have all the answers. Uh, Microsoft, Meta, and every other company that shows wild demos like this, just be careful because they are trying to give you an artistic impression of what the future could be. Remember, if you've ever been to Walt Disney World and been in um, the Epcot Center and you've taken an Epcot ride, I took this ride back in like 2010, uh, maybe sooner, maybe like, no, much sooner, 2004. I was much younger. And back then, the Epcot Center, I can't remember the name of the ride, but the big white dome it was all about the future. So they made a whole ride telling you what the future was like. So they made this back in the 70s or 80s. And just think of Back to the Future. How like in Back to the Future, they were in like the 1980s. And then for some reason, they thought like 2020, we would have flying cars and hoverboards and all that type of stuff, right? We did get the Nike shoes. I'm happy we got the Nike shoes. But outside of that, it was just like this, hey, this is what we think it's going to be. And then it's like, we we're so far off. Hoverboards are boards with wheels, and we just finally have cars that can kind of drive themselves, and even that's not perfect. However, you know, this wishful type of thinking as tech demos leave us in a place where it's hard to pinpoint, you know, which aspect of various visions of the metaverse will actually be real one day. It's interesting because it's one of those things where it's, to me, it's a good problem to have when you have more people trying to make the future a thing. So if you think of VR and AR headsets, if they become comfortable, if they become comfortable and cheap, where pretty much everybody can own one and wear one on a daily basis, then yeah, I believe in the metaverse coming in five to 10 years. But that's a big if, guys. Like Then perhaps the idea of virtual poker, where you want your friends and robots, maybe your friends are robots and holograms and floating in space. This could all somewhat be a reality, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you have to be careful. The flashiness of VR and AR, they also obscure the more mundane aspects of the metaverse that might be more likely to come to fruition. It would be trivial, it'd be trivially easy for tech companies to invent, say, and open a digital avatar standard. You know, type of file that includes characteristics you might enter into a character creator, eye color, hairstyle, clothing options. I mean, you can take it anywhere and everywhere. There's no need to build more comfortable VR headsets for that. But that's not fun to imagine, right? So they don't do that. They don't focus on those things. So again, I'm kind of digressing here. I'm just trying to give you an idea. Like, there is an aspect of like, hey, the metaverse can happen and it can be coming. But then there's also an aspect of like, um... How realistic are we? Like, let's be real with ourselves. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. It's like if you're trying to get in shape. A lot of people put on weight for COVID, right? And if you were to say, hey, man, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. Let's be real with yourself and be like, can you, do you really think you can commit to that? Or maybe you should start smaller. And I think that's kind of where we are with the metaverse. Like, people are saying, we're going to be in Ready Player One world where you can play. And, you know, you're going to have the golden ticket and you're going to be searching for it. It's like, no, we're, maybe. But that's a really far, there's a lot of obstacles to get to that point. And it's okay, but we have to at least admit that there are obstacles. The reason these tech companies don't, because it's not sexy to do that. It's just not. So let's talk about something else. What's, what's the metaverse like right now? That's really what you guys came here to listen to this podcast for, right? 
the paradox of defining a metaverse is that in order for us to be the future, you have to define away the present. And if that sounded like some cliche BS to you, that's because it is. We are already have MMOs that are essentially entire virtual world, digital concerts, video calls. I mean, you're probably on Zoom or Google Meets or any of those. If you're on WebEx, I'm sorry. But, you know, you're probably on some type of commerce platform. I mean, it's just becoming our day-to-day reality, right? So in order to sell these things as a new vision of the world, there has to be some element of it that is new. And again, I mentioned it before, but you spend enough time having discussions about the metaverse, you will never hear somebody reference fictional stories like Snow Crash, the 1992 novel that coined the term metaverse, Ready Player One, like I mentioned, which depicts VR world where everyone works, plays, and shops. Combined with general pop culture ideas of holograms and heads-up displays, basically anything Iron Man has used in the last 10 movies. Iron Man is by far my favorite Marvel character. Uh, Black Panther, then, Mar- then Iron Man. But, you know, these, these stories, they serve as an imaginative reference point for what the metaverse is. And a metaverse that tech companies could actually sell as something new could look like. Now, mentally replace the phrase, the metaverse in a sentence with cyberspace. Like I said earlier, 90% of the time, the meanings won't substantially change. And I have to say, that's the fact that we're even saying the word meta, meta, meta. The kind of hype is vital as part of the idea of the metaverse as any other. It's no wonder that people are promoting things like NFTs, cryptographic tokens, you know, these things can serve as uh, certificates of ownership, the digital items, sort of, you know. And these ideas are latching on to the idea of the metaverse. Sure, NFTs are bad for the environment, but it could be argued that these tokens might be digital keys to your virtual mansion in Roblox. Then, boom, you got, it, you got something. You just transform your hobby of buying memes into a crucial piece of infrastructure for the future of the internet and possibly raise the value of all cryptocurrency that you're holding. It's important to keep all this in context because keep in mind, because whilst tempting to compare the proto-metaverse ideas we have today to the early internet and assume everything will get better and progress in a linear fashion, that's not the given. There's no guarantee people even want to hang out on VR offices or play poker with Mark Zuckerberg or much less VR and AR tech wherever it becomes seamless enough where we can even compare it to Ready Player One. So it may even be the case that any real metaverse would be a little more than some cool VR and digital avatars and Zoom calls, but mostly just something we still think of as the internet. And the last thing I'll say on this podcast, because... What I want you to take away from from this one is we don't really know what the metaverse is. You're going to hear companies try to claim that they know. You're going to have people like Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Zach Dorsey. You're going to see these people make statements. And they're going to tell you blockchain is the future. Cryptocurrency is the future. Metaverse is the future. NFTs are the future. Programming is going to be 10 times more popular in the future than it is now. Like, these are all people that's making predictions. And the reality is, we just don't know. But what I would recommend is pay attention, because this isn't just happening for no reason. We, our technology is growing, and we're looking for the next frontier of that technology. 
And I would tell you what COVID and the pan- what the pandemic did would really accelerate the, hey, we live in a physical world, but we also value the digital world. And the one thing I'll tell you is we're kind of, in my opinion, we're kind of in this weird metaverse right now, like metaverse 1.0. And what I mean by that is more people are putting more value into their, let's say, digital version of themselves. I know some girls who flex so hard on Instagram, on Snapchat, on social media, and they don't give a damn if they're in sweats and have no makeup on in person. It's almost as if they value their digital version of themselves more so than their physical version. You know, I recently watched a movie, Wally, with my kid, and even in that movie, like the whole idea of like, hey, we're just going to have people, you know, sit in these chairs and have them go around and robots are going to clean and do everything. It's like there's some aspect of like we could get to a world like Wally. I think that's a little extreme, but like we already have Roombas cleaning up. So what's the difference between Roomba and, Ro- and Wally? You know what I mean? So I guess what I'm trying to say is pay attention because these things are happening around you. I've had some friends ask me, like, Caleb, would you invest in Meta? Would you invest? I'll tell you this. No financial advice, because this is not what this podcast is about. But Jack Dorsey just stepped down from Twitter. And I think that was a strategic move. Because I think Twitter, as long as it's been out and it's all the pros and cons it's had, they seem to continually try to be in the forefront of things. And I think what they are trying to pull off now, because their new CEO is very crypto-focused. He's crypto, NFT, blockchain oriented, which makes me think, okay, maybe Twitter's going to try to get into the metaverse, right? But also maybe they're going to try and get more into blockchain as a whole. And it's overall future technologies. I'm not saying metaverse is tied into blockchain. That's want to make that very clear. But what I will say is right now, the metaverse is more so an idea than a reality. If you want to dive into the metaverse and what the current state is, I would say go check out an Oculus Rift, somebody who has one, or just go rent one. Don't have to buy it necessarily. And just like see what these virtual worlds are like. And let's be honest with yourself. Am I would I do this on a daily basis? And what I'll tell you is this these types of things kind of happen in generations. See, I grew up in the iPhone generation. When the iPhone came out in 07, everybody wanted an iPhone. We had cell phones before, we had text, but it changed again because now we have Instagram and Facebook and all these tools, right? Um, my daughter doesn't know what life was like without an iPad. See, I was millennial, right? Like, I was in a time where we didn't have iPads, we didn't have iPhones, and everything wasn't based off the internet. Now, kids growing up these days, my nieces, my nephews, they don't know a world without iPads and iPhones, and they're better on those devices even than me. And I'm a tech person. I consider myself a tech person. But they're using these tools every day from birth. So I'm trying to get my daughter into art. But instead of pen and paper, I'm trying to get her to draw an iPad because I think that's a little bit more realistic to the future. Um, but they give you give you another example. Like, see, my mom, you got you the boomer. She she grew up, you know, where it wasn't necessarily about, um, you know, getting married immediately and you know, white, you know, was it the house and the job and the family and the white picket fence? Like, that was like my grandfather's, like, life dream and vision. But then my mom was like, well, my grandfather, my my grandfather already did that. I want to go out and party. So she kind of grew up in the 70s where it's like, it was cool to be out and about. But like, that was a generational 
thing. That was a generational gap that really adopted that. You know, we got kids now in the TikTok generation. And you got grandparents who are like, I don't understand why they're dancing in front of their phones all the time. Just the world we live in. It's much different. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we're trying to do the podcast more and more because I definitely want to share my thoughts on some of these things. But all I ask is leave a review if you can. I'll give you a shout out. And we still got Amazon $25 gift card. You want to know how to enter for that? You just got to go over to a YouTube video we posted. It could be any one of them. Give me a like. Give me a comment. And I can promise you, you have a high chance of getting $25. Who doesn't need $25 from Amazon? So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. That's all I got for you. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for joining us on the People in Tech podcast. For resources mentioned in this episode, visit us at peopleintech.io and join our mailing list for more content. Later.